You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. tournament it's finally here the brackets have been set and the teams are ready to hit the court and DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survival pool ever how large you may ask one million dollars in total prizes up for grabs and if that's not enough check this out when you enter the free DraftKings one million dollar survival pool you could win a shot at ten thousand dollars for every upset uh, throughout the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy to play. You just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you only can pick one team uh, for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe source app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So get in on all of this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter code THPN during sign-up and enter the free $1 million survivor pool. Again, that's promo code THPN to enter the DraftKings free $1 million survival pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Tuesday, March 23rd, it's Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith, and we're here breaking down the Tuesday NHL card. A very light slate on a Tuesday, uh, five games uh, on tap for this Tuesday night slate. So we will get to those in just a second. Before we do, we often like to do this on a day where there's less games to break down and less games to talk about on the card. Look back at what we saw last night. Of course, it was a pretty busy uh, Monday night uh, in the NHL. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers can't get out of their own way. They actually play, I think, a pretty good hockey game overall, and yet uh, the Islanders tie it uh, and then win uh, in overtime. So the struggles continue uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers last night uh, in that game. How about the Winnipeg Jets? You can almost always count on this team to avoid extended losing streaks, and they did that last night. Uh, a very nice shutout victory uh, over the Vancouver Canucks. We mentioned on yesterday's show, Alex, a little bit of a tough spot it was for uh, Vancouver last night, uh, and the uh, Jets took advantage. Really solid game. Hellebuck, you know, very steady in net as he's been so often. Uh, and a nice win for the Jets. It was good to see Blake Wheeler score last night for the Winnipeg Jets. He, he's one guy that's been feeling some frustration lately for the Jets. I think with his offensive game, you know, that they lost a couple in a row there, and you could see there was a little bit of visible frustration on his face that uh, the game didn't end the way the Jets hoped. But to see him uh, score a goal because his offense has not been quite as consistent as we're used to seeing, definitely a positive development uh, for uh, the Winnipeg Jets in that victory last night. Uh, we saw the Vegas Golden Knights take care of business against St. Louis. Very impressive. It was a back-to-back -back situation for the Golden Knights. A couple of injuries to deal with as well. Robin Leonard in net, who hasn't exactly played a lot of hockey uh, this season, and yet they uh, go pillar to post and uh, really control the game uh, from start to finish, take advantage of an undisciplined 
uh, St. Louis Blues team, uh, and they get the victory there, five to one, and some late magic for Alex, me, and anybody else that liked over the total uh, in that game. Very, very happy to see uh, that fifth Vegas goal uh, late in that hockey game. Uh, disappointing result for me on the card. I mean, I got Carolina in regulation right. Nice, strong road game uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes last night, taking care of business against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But disappointing, to say the least, was the loss suffered by the Calgary Flames last night to the Ottawa Senators. And it wasn't like Gustafson was good in his first ever NHL start, but that was not the type of hardworking desperation effort I expected from the Calgary Flames last night. And Ottawa controlled the game. There's not a fluke. I don't want, you know, I don't want to hear bad luck or bad breaks. Ottawa deserved that victory last night. And all of a sudden now, you know, <laughs> everything was hunky dory. Everything was fine. The things were going well for Calgary in the initial couple of games under Daryl Sutter, but now a few more bumps in the road on the ice and character issues off the ice, potentially, particularly with the way that game ended last night against Ottawa. Now, the longstanding tradition in the NHL is when a guy scores his first NHL goal, you give him the game puck. When a NHL goaltender makes his first start and gets his first win, you give him the game puck. It's been a tradition for years, if not decades, in the league. But the Calgary Flames decide, you know what? We're gonna make we're gonna pull a prick move here uh, and try to keep the puck for ourselves and not let the kid have it uh, after the game. Uh, Brady Kachuk didn't take uh, too uh, kindly to it uh, as the uh, Flames were skating off the bench. And here's Rasmus Anderson defenseman on the flames just you know taking the puck and trying to go back to the flames dressing room with it i mean it's just why it's stupid it's immature it's childish it's being a prick it's being a dick it's being you know it's being completely selfish and to me it was a silly ridiculous move for the calgary flames and it's something that the ottawa senators are probably going to remember you know the next time they play this flames team that they try to do this to this kid uh, Philip Gustafson. So really a bunch of nonsense and stupidity in my mind uh, from the Calgary Flames last night uh, and the Ottawa Senators get the job done. And Calgary now, you know, in a game they needed two points against a team they should have beat when you're trying to chase down a top four spot. They're still trailing Montreal, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Toronto. That's not a loss you can afford. We'll see if they can bounce back from that. But certainly some ridiculous actions in, in terms of trying to steal the puck away from that young kid in his first ever uh, NHL game uh, getting his first win. So uh, kind of silly and sh to see shenanigans like that uh, from the Calgary Flames. Uh, Alex, I know you didn't like seeing that either. Uh, give us your thoughts on that and the uh, NHL action we saw last night. Yeah, you know, before the, the decade is over, most, most of us will probably forget the name Philip Gustafson. But the fact that he worked his tail off to get to the point, and of course some breaks went his way, guys getting hurt and so forth, to get to the point to be in an NHL game uh, and make his first start and get his first win, to, you know, deny him the game puck like that. And I can see if it was a rival. If this was Edmonton, Calgary, that would make somewhat more sense. But just, you know, Calgary, you already came out and, and laid an egg against one of the worst teams in the league. And now to pull some shit like this, it, it's just unacceptable. And it, and it says a lot to the character of this Flames team. It goes back a, a while back, all the way back to about a few years ago, they had issues where uh, the, half the team got drunk for, you know, Super Bowl and the next day show up at a practice, uh, you know, completely messed up and they had to end up canceling the practice. But there's been a lot of issues that I've heard and, and read with this Flames team going back about five or six years now. 
Uh, and it makes sense. It kind of goes in line with the fact that this team has not you know, achieved anything on ice for the most part. They go through coaches left and right. Uh, and things don't change. So, you know, we really start talking about breaking up a core group of, of a team. We always talk about it, you know, just simply not winning. I think this core group might need to be broken up just for a, a bunch of different reasons. Uh, you know, and we don't see any kind of progress moving forward with Calgary, especially if it, if it you know, leads to, you know, nothing happening on the ice as well. So uh, I said that, that was just very disappointing to, to see that. Uh, some of the other games as well, we saw the, the Wild uh, get a franchise record ninth straight win at home uh, in a 2-1 game. I thought that was going to be a lot more scoring uh, involved, especially when you're talking about Ryan Miller and net for the Ducks. But, uh, you know, they held their own in that game. And the Wild, you know, kind of, you know, were able to, you know, take care of business late. But uh, they slept all through the first 30 minutes of, uh, of that contest. They can't afford to do that against those weaker teams in the West if they want to be a, a true playoff team and a true contender. Uh, in that division, they've got to put away the teams like Anaheim and, and LA and, and, and San Jose. Uh, so that was something interesting to see as well. But, uh, just a lot of low scoring games throughout the league. I mean, most of the scores were 2 1. Uh, and that's something we might see. We might start seeing some tighter uh, paced competitive games because, you know, that fourth spot in that division, that's a playoff spot now. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of teams look at the Central for tonight, for example. You know, when you got, you know, Chicago, Columbus, Nashville, and Dallas all within four points of each other for that fourth spot. And they know that's the only spot that's going to be remaining in the playoffs. So the top three for that is pretty much locked up already. It's just a, a matter of a couple of weeks uh, before we see that division settled. So those games, when I look and pay close attention to maybe playing some more unders than usual, looking at that, uh, you know, the overtime draw, the regulation draw prop as well, because those teams just want to get points. And if it's close, you know, 2-2, two, 3-3 two, three, three with about three minutes left in, in the third period, you know, there's no reason to to, to risk, uh, you know, losing a point. Go on and go to overtime and settle it there and get try to get that second point, but at least get one for your team moving forward. So that's something to keep uh, an eye on uh, as we get, you know, closer to the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, definitely good points. The draw, the tight, a lot of one-goal games. You're going to see probably a lot of them. These are all divisional games. If it's 2-2 in the late in the third, why press for that go-ahead goal and risk giving one up and getting no points? Get the point bit guaranteed. Uh, and you might see teams playing for those three-point games more and more in these very tight, compact playoff races down the stretch. We've got Jimmy Murphy with us now as well. Jimmy, what did you see last night, and what are your observations from it? Well, I mean, I'm with you guys on what happened there with the Flames. It's just childish and immature. It's like, and, and I think Alex makes a great point. I mean, this has been going on for a while with this core, and that's why you continue to hear names like Moynihan and Goudreau in, in trade rumors there. And, you know, clearly it's not the coach because, I mean, how many coaches has this core been through? I mean, three or about three or four, right? So, I mean, uh, clearly there's something going on with the players there, and it's not changing. It's just, the people you have, that's who they are. And it, at what point does uh, Trey Living decide, okay, I don't need these type of people in my dressing room. I don't need these type of people playing for my team and, and change direction. And yeah, it's going to cause some pain. You're going to get a ton of criticism, but you know what? You're going to save your job because your job's next. All right. You already pulled the wild card out on the coach. So your job is next. If you don't, if you don't get into the playoffs this year, and I know it's a, you know, this, this year is kind of a one-off and everything. And there's so many, variables involved but no variable made uh the calgary flames act like a bunch of stupid little second graders on a playground last night uh it, it's just it's got to stop and i just wonder i thought you know they were talking about this on hockey central today and they had anthony stewart on who you know had a brother himself that he played against actually only once it turned out in the nhl and chris do it but you know he said what would you do if you're you know if you're brady 
Because I mean, Matt Matt Kachuk is right behind all those shenanigans there. I mean, he's he's d- dead in the middle of it. He's he's always been part of it, and now you you're kind of caught in the middle there between your teammates and your family. Like, you know, does the team maybe use him as a conduit and, and say the next time they yeah. face each other, say, hey, look, you know, we know something's going to go down here, but you know, y- you gotta you gotta get your guys in order. We don't want this to get too out of hand here. We don't want anyone to get hurt because that's what will happen. It's going to lead to that, and somebody's going to get hurt. And you know the NHL won't do their job in, in preventing it from happening. So this is on the players to figure out what happens the next time they meet. And I wonder if both sides use the Kachuk brothers to kind of pass information between the two dressing rooms. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. It's the, one of those rare situations. you got brothers playing for the opposing teams here. And maybe you basically they tell each other, hey, this is what you, our team thinks of what you did. You know, this is if you're yep. Brady talking to Matt and Matt's saying, well, OK, we didn't mean any. And they can just basically he can explain Calgary's side of the story to Brady yeah. and then tell it to the rest of the teammates. And then we go from there and maybe avoid something blowing up or, course, or anything like that. I, I'll say, though, if, if I'm one of the guys on Ottawa right now, I don't really give a shit what Matt tells Brady. I'm still going out there yeah. and I'm going after him or somebody on the flames yep. and, and I'm going to make yep. them pay for it. That's I mean, that's me. But, you know, maybe they can save a war. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. It's just a great tradition in the league, and for Calgary to try to pull something like that—it's not just, the first uh, time either. Kind of silly, yeah, yeah, kind of silly. And by the way, you're right. We can rag on this team on the ice too, because there's four coaches that have bit the dust under this Goudreau Monahan okay. led group: Bob Hartley, Glenn Gulson, that was the guy I forgot. Bill okay, Peters, yeah, Bill Peters, and of course Jeff Ward uh, just yeah. recently. So this is number five. This is not Mambo number five. This is coach number five. <laughs> this is uh, Flamo number the, uh, Calgary Flames. Uh, yeah, uh, with uh, Daryl Sutter. So, you know, at some point, what do you do? You know, you can't always just go through one coach after another. You got to look at tree living a little bit, maybe. Uh, you got to look at the uh, change. Just maybe changing the core. Maybe we need a change of scenery yep. for some of the uh, – I, uh, I even questioned Giordano, guys. And I know that's going to, yep. you know, hurt a lot of people well. in the hockey He looks slow. He looks hurt. He looks old. He looks like the expiry date has come and gone. But he doesn't look like, like a captain. Me. And I'm sorry. He never has to me. I, I think he's been one of these, you know, these players that the Canadian media just decides to nice. adopt. He's a yeah, nice guy, but he's too late. Yep. You know, make him the ultimate leader and, and, and try yep. to build him up as this guy that he's really not. I mean, if, if he was such a leader, this shit wouldn't happen. So I put yep. this on him too. I agree. Yeah. Yep, uh, that's a great point. I think he's. I think he's. They, they say he's one of the most likable, nicest people off the ice. But sometimes you can't have that when you're struggling. No. You need a little ruffle the feathers. You need someone to snap. You know, crack some heads. You need someone to roll the fuck out of somebody. Yeah. You know, when you're struggling, and you need to uh, right the ship. And he doesn't look like he's got that temperament or mentality to do that. But uh, Calgary definitely an interesting team to watch moving forward. Let's get into tonight's action. We've got five games uh, on this Tuesday uh, NHL slate. Uh, we're going to start with the New Jersey Devils taking on the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, we've got Philadelphia. Philadelphia here, a minus 160 favorite. Uh, talking about laying a big price for a really struggling Philadelphia Flyers team here. The total six across the board here. Uh, these are small plays for me on New Jersey uh, in this game at plus 140. Just a small one. Uh, like, we know the Devils aren't exactly a, a consistent team. They're still without Nico Heeshear. But, hey, you know, they, they just came off. Uh, a, a couple of games with the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, you know, and they've won the latter game against Pittsburgh over the weekend. They're battling. They're a very competitive, hardworking group. I don't think you can take any of that away uh, from the New Jersey Devils. Uh, and look, the uh, Devils, they fell behind one nothing, and they rallied, you know. 
Uh, they, they stuck with the game. Uh, I thought they carried the play, believe it or not, to the Penguins. The more that game went along, uh, as it went, as it went, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood played a better game in net. Uh, for the uh, New Jersey Devils in that victory uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. On the flip side, you're just not getting consistent enough goaltending and defense from the Flyers. Actually, it was a little bit better uh, last night against the Islanders, uh, but they still fall short in that game uh, by a score of 2-1. to one. Still a Flyers team that, from an over-the-total perspective, uh, we're talking about uh, seven of their last eight games uh, have gone over the total. Uh, I think there's a chance we get back to that tonight. So I don't love that the total six with New Jersey involved. So that's why I'm keeping this a smaller play tonight. Uh, but I am on New Jersey here, plus 140 small, as well as the over. Uh, small plays for me on the side and the total. Devils uh, and the over for me uh, in this one. Alex, what's your thoughts on New Jersey and Philadelphia? It's a lean with New Jersey because of the price. I think this price is absolutely insane. I mean, this uh, you know, look at this Flyers team. We talked about how bad they've been the last several games. And, you know, they blow the one nothing lead. They outshot the, the Islanders. Uh, and still found a way to lose. So that, that can't be good for morale, obviously. But just, uh, you know, even that, the way that game was played, they should have came out and, and, and scored three or four goals. It, there's there's something wrong with that uh, Flyer team altogether. It's not just the, the lack of defense and goaltending now, too. You know, they, we've seen them kind of fall flat offensively as well at times. Uh, and, and, of course, you know, the Islanders, they're known for laying an egg offensively as well, too. So, uh, you know, the, the three, four goals we thought we might see, uh, against this weak defense, that didn't come to fruition either. So now you play a, a Devils team, same kind of issues offensively. Uh, it's not I don't, I'm not comfortable enough to to make this an official bet. It's just a lean because there's no way the, that the Flyers should be favored this high right now, uh, even against a team that uh, you know the Devils have lost 13 of their last 18. Uh, but you know, like I said, it, you know this might be something I jump in with in game, see how the Flyers respond in, in the first five ten minutes. Uh, if they look flat again and the Devils jump out to a one nothing lead, you might be able to get a puck line and, and, you know, they could just completely, you know, roll flat the rest of the way. Or if they're up big, then maybe want to take a shot with the over uh, at an adjusted price. But uh, even right now at six, that's still a, a tad bit high considering how New Jersey plays offensively. Yeah, it's, it's true. I was I was hoping more. I would have liked. I would have bet it more at five and a half. At six, we're just keeping it small. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Devils and Flyers. Ah, had gone what a week without doing that. Uh, so I know, listen, it did a while. <laughs> um, no, you know what? I'm with you guys. I mean, that, that price is way too high right there uh, for the fly. And I don't know. I mean, like, are they watching the Flyers lately? Uh, I look at this game as a game for New Jersey to win, but part of me remembers they are New Jersey as well. But I like a close game here. I like them to duke it out, and I, I see an overtime here. So I'm going to go with the draw in this game, guys. All right, go, going for the draw at north of plus 300 price with that. So uh, really good price with the uh, draw here between the uh, Devils uh, and the Flyers. Uh, we've got Chicago taking on Florida uh, in the next game on the uh, slate. Uh, the uh, Florida Panthers in that minus 160 uh, road favorite price range here. The total six uh, shaded to the over uh, in this one. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, certainly a, a six-game road trip coming to an end. Uh, back home now at the UC. Uh, hoping for some kind of turnaround, but not going to be easy. It seems like they just played a bunch of good teams and tough teams, and here they are returning home off a long road trip, and who are they playing? A very good and a very tough team. Uh, so it's just no let up in the schedule right now uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. And, and to make matters worse, Florida's coming in off a loss here. We know how good the Panthers have been off a loss this season. Of course, they dropped uh, the big showdown with Tampa Bay uh, on Sunday, 4-3, to three, uh, victory for the Lightning uh, in that game. 
so Panthers, I'm sure, uh, will be looking to bounce back here against this uh, Chicago Blackhawks team. Look, it's just been tough for the Chicago uh, defense again. We've talked about this now uh, for several games in a row. They've fallen off at that end of the ice, uh, given up three goals or more. Uh, in the majority of their recent games, there's been a bunch they've given up actually four goals or more uh, as well. Chicago in recent games, which doesn't really bode well uh, for this uh, floor, uh, taking on this Florida Panthers team. Uh, it'll be Chris Drieger in net tonight for the Florida Panthers, looking at Kevin Lankinen uh, as the starting goalie for Chicago. You look back at the head-to-head -head meetings. We've had four head-to-head -head meetings with the Panthers and the Blackhawks, 3-0-1 to the over. All four of those games reaching six total goals scored. So I don't know if anything changes in that regard tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, Panthers find a way to get some offense. Chicago, that's the one thing they can do is still score for you with Kane uh, and Debrinket and Kubalik and certainly more than enough uh, playmakers up front to maybe find the back of the net. And the one thing about Chicago, they do score more on at home. Uh, at, at home, they've been able to find the back of the net, get their offense going. They've been a pretty good offensive team and a pretty good scoring team uh, on home ice this season. So uh, this is one where this is probably one of my top plays for sure tonight. It might even be best bet when this show wraps up. I like the over here, uh, Florida, Chicago, uh, over six minus 120. As far as the side goes, I'm not stepping in front of Florida off a loss. I'm probably going to not lay the price or even look regulation. I guess I'd lean Florida in regulation, but uh, Chicago does sometimes surprise at home. I remember them beating Tampa once uh, on home ice, but uh that could be negated by the fact it's a little bit of a tricky scheduling spot with Chicago returning home off that first game. So the lean is Florida in regulation. I think I like the total, though, quite a bit more uh, than the side. Alex, what do you think of your Blackhawks tonight hosting the Panthers? Well, it's a good thing that the uh, – we'll just push this over to the side. It's a good thing the White Sox are going to be started in about a week or so because uh, this Hawks season is pretty much over with. Uh, honestly, you know, and, and <laughs> kudos to them. They, they played, you know, some hard games. We saw the emergence of Kevin Lankin and – Patrick Kane hopefully will be a Hart Trophy finalist, but uh, the writing's on the wall right now. This defense uh, starting to struggle again. You know, Lincoln can't just bail them out night after night. He's going to start wearing down as a rookie. Uh, and sometimes this offense, you know, they come in waves. Uh, and even now playing a Florida team where they know, like I said, they can't be too comfortable with the fact that they are a playoff team as of now. They still have to need to, you know, drive themselves and kind of fight. They still have a good chance at winning this division. Uh, like I said, it's a three-horse race with them in Tampa and Carolina. So winning these games is crucial for them moving down the stretch. Uh, I like Florida here in regulation in this spot. Uh, you know, like I said, just a, was coming home off of a long road trip for the Hawks. It's a spot we've seen them kind of fall flat in over the years. Uh, and, and like I said, it wasn't a, a good road trip at that. So, you know, their morale could be a, a bit low right now. So I'm going to take a shot with Florida in regulation. I can see where the Hawks, maybe they get a couple of goals in, but uh, I think Florida's offense is going to be way too much, and I lean with the over there as well. All right, like in Florida, uh, in regulation, you can get that right around even money, around that minus 105, minus 110 uh, price range, Panthers in regulation. Jimmy, uh, what do you think here with the uh, Florida Panthers, Chicago Blackhawks? Well, I'm liking the Panthers uh, as well, and I'll even take it a step further and bring in J Jimmy Puckline here on this game. Um, I, I'm with you. I think the Blackhawks, I think, are slowly or already have been slowly coming back down to earth. And, you know, like Alex said, props to them. I don't think anyone expected them to be even sniffing the playoffs at this point. So good for them. And the future's bright. Uh, I will say they're a team I think we need to keep an eye on. Um, you know, once they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and they've got nothing, you know, nothing to lose and they're out there just carefree. Sometimes that's when they, those teams scare me. But right now they seem to be in that sort of collapse that brings them back down to that point so for now i'm gonna fade them give me the panthers minus one and a half 
All right, liking the Panthers on the puck line, Jimmy Murphy. Jimmy, puck line for the first time on this show. Florida 9-0-1 is the record off a loss this season. And obviously, they are in that uh, role tonight after losing to Tampa Bay. By the way, they lost 5-3, not 4-3 out of Tampa Bay. I forgot the Lightning got a late empty net goal uh, in the final seconds. But still lost the game 5-3 uh, to Tampa the other day. Uh, we all kind of lean Florida. Uh, uh, Alex in regulation, Jimmy Puckline with the Panthers. I lean Florida, but I'm on the over uh, a little bit more. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Nashville and Tampa Bay. By the way, Barkov, 10 points in six games for the Panthers in the last six. If you like either goal-scoring props or over-total points props, Alex Barkov is definitely someone to uh, potentially look at uh, from a prop standpoint tonight in that game uh, for the Florida Panthers. Uh, we've got Nashville taking, or sorry, yeah, we got uh, Nashville, or sorry, we've got, yeah, Nashville, Detroit uh, next up uh, on the slate. We've got Nashville minus 150 uh, home favorites here. Uh, the total uh, is uh, six across the board. Uh, we'll see how this one goes. This is the one game tonight on this card that I'm not enamored with by uh, any stretch of the imagination here. This is a tough spot for Nashville. They've been on the road a lot. A lot of games in a condensed period of time all away from home, and now they're returning home for the first time. That's a little bit of a de uh, tricky spot, in my opinion, here for the Predators tonight uh, as they take on this uh, Detroit team. By the way, the total is 5.5, not 6. I uh, misquoted that. It's 5.5 the total uh, in this game. Uh, but, yeah, it's a tricky spot, in my opinion, uh, for the Nashville Predators. They played on the road a lot, and a lot of good teams to Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina, like they played a lot of really tough teams, good teams on the road, takes a lot out of you, played a lot of games in a condensed period of time. I don't like this team very much to begin with, so there's no way I'm laying minus 150 here in this game with Nashville tonight in this spot. But on the flip side, Detroit, I don't I don't love them enough to back them here tonight. They've struggled, obviously, all season. But more than anything, if Jonathan Bernier doesn't show up in net for them, because that's when they've had their that's when they've been competitive. That's when they've won games this year. Thomas Grice ain't the guy. He's struggling. And it seems like he just can't get out of his own way right now for uh, the Red Wings. We've talked ad nauseum about how he's gone from the Islanders steel door defense to this uh, open door policy that the Red Wing blue line often has this year uh, on this team. And it is that definitely had a tough time uh, adjusting to it. No question about that. Uh, so, and there's a good chance we'll see him in net tonight. So, for that reason, and Nashville, I'll say this, they're working hard. They're like They battled Florida pretty tough. They won the first game against Florida, and they hung in there in the second of the two back-to-back -back games against the Panthers. That's a positive for them. You know, they took one of the two games against Tampa Bay. Like, I'm not usually one to give praise and shower all kinds of accolades on this Nashville team, but I'll give them credit where credit's due. You know, even with the injuries on the blue line, with their veteran players not stepping up, they're getting some of these young guys, including Eli Tolvanen, you know, among others, really playing better hockey, trying to show the, the management, the coaching staff that they can play in the NHL and they want to stick here. So Nashville's effort and their competitive compete level, I think, has gone up uh, in recent games. So uh, for that reason, it's just not an automatic fade anymore for me of Nashville. Certainly uh, not uh, tonight against Detroit. However, with them returning home off a long road trip, I'm not in a rush to lay minus 150 with this team at all either. So it's a pass for me on this game. Uh, Alex, what's your take here on Nashville, Detroit? Yeah, I'm going to stay away from this game as well. I mean, we've seen, you know, Detroit over the years had dominated uh, this Nashville team, but then, it, you know, things have kind of changed of late. Nashville's won three of the last five meetings. Uh, like I said, they're coming home all off of a road trip. So it, everything just kind of, then uh, you know, negates itself in, in this spot. 
uh, you know, might be able to look for something live. Like you said, and if, if it's Bernier and that, that, that gives the, you know, uh, Red Wings a, a better chance, but still, you know, not much. These are, you know, two kind of fleeting teams. If this were later in the year, uh, and Jimmy made a good point about, you know, when teams are mathematically out, we'll see things kind of open up more. This might be a game where I'd probably be looking toward the over. Uh, honestly, I could just see it kind of just being, you know, they roll the puck out and just go back and forth. Uh, but, you know, at least Nashville still feels like they're in the race somewhat. So uh, they might try to put up a bit of an effort. So it's just a, a clear pass for me. Yeah, this is the first home game since March 6th, 17 days away from home for the Nashville Predators. So uh, it's been a while since they've been uh, donning the doors of Bridgestone Arena. They finally will tonight. Jimmy, what do you think here with the Red Wings and Predators? Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm going to pass on this game. But if I was to do anything on it, I would lean towards the under. Uh, just seems like a snooze fest we got in store for us there in Nashville tonight. So that would be it. Just a lean on the under. Yeah, Dylan, you know what? It's a funny quote I'm reading right now. Dylan Larkin, for a long part of that game, it was 0-0, not much going on. Talking about the yeah, – so basically we might see that tonight again. 0-0, not much going on for a bit in this game. So, yeah, this is one game where the under definitely, I would think, makes a little bit of sense. No question about that. Uh, Tampa Bay and Dallas uh, next up now. Stanley Cup final rematch. These teams have played each other a lot already this year. Uh, they'll go head-to-head -head again tonight in Big D. We've got Tampa, about minus 160. I'm even seeing minus 170 now uh, in some spots with Tampa Bay uh, as road favorites. The total five and a half uh, shaded to the under in this game. Uh, the Dallas Stars, 4-3 uh, shootout loss to Nashville uh, on Sunday in their last uh, game. They're now just 3-6 and six, uh, in their last nine games overall. Dealing with still some key injuries. I mean, it was unbelievable how all of a sudden, you know, there was no Radulov over the weekend, no Blake Como. Uh, still, of course, Sagan's been out. Rupe Hintz has been, you know, questionable, it seems, every game recently for Dallas. So they're battling health. They've not been able to get a, a healthy, you know, cohesive lineup on the ice. Rick Bonus at any point this season. Uh, they're playing a lot of games in a condensed period of time to try to make up for, you know, the hiatus and the, and the time off that Dallas had early in the season due to the COVID issues they had and due to the fact that, of course, they had a couple of their games uh, canceled and postponed due to the the storm that uh, erupted in the state of Texas. So they're trying to make up all these games. They're a banged up hockey team. I wonder if they're physically and emotionally exhausted right now, Dallas. It really does seem like that, you know, in a lot of circumstances. Uh, Tampa Bay, on the other hand, they're off a 5-3 win against Florida. They'll probably, probably, they're the better team. They've owned Dallas this year. There's no question about that. They should win the game. I'm just not comfortable laying minus 170. You know, we have seen Tampa Bay, Dallas, particularly Tampa on the road, trend over the total. So maybe I'd lean a little bit over. You're talking five and a half at a, like a plus 115, plus 120 price with the uh, uh, price attached to that over five and a half. So I guess I'd lean a little bit uh, in that direction. Uh, but other than that, uh, just a lukewarm opinion for me on this game. I, I just don't think Dallas is playing well enough. And I don't think they're healthy enough to trust them uh, in this particular spot tonight. Uh, but at the same point in time, uh, I'm not necessarily uh, rushing to lay minus 170 with uh, Tampa Bay. And let's keep in mind, I was on Tampa laying a moderate price at Dallas the last time they were in Big D and they blew a 3-1 lead, you know, in the final few minutes and they had to win that game in overtime. So I just don't feel comfortable in this spot laying minus 170 with Tampa, even though obviously they're the better team and I would think they win the game, but just not comfortable backing them here uh, in this spot. Alex, what's your take here? Tampa Bay, Dallas. 
I mean, the only thing I would be looking at here, and even that's a, it's a ridiculously high number, the check is the team total over with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Two and a half, that's minus 160, almost minus 170 at a couple of places. So uh, if you can find an adjustment for that, which you can at a lot of, uh, of books, at least in the U.S., they'll have where you can bet, you know, off of the, the hook and go three, three and a half, four. Uh, so maybe take a shot with the over three at an adjusted price there. But, uh, I, you know, Tampa Bay, like I said, you, you know, to fade them right now, it just uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially the way Dallas is playing. I think Dallas is a team that is right there with Detroit as far as that central is concerned. I think they're out of it. Uh, and the fact that they haven't been able to, like I said, they put up the fight in the last meeting with Tampa, but the way they got stonewalled the first two meetings with Tampa, and I thought those were games they'd really be amped up for coming off of, you know, how the Stanley Cup final went. And it just weren't. And, you know, like I said, there's been so many other, uh, you know, existential issues with them, you know, the, the storm, having COVID, different things that have kept them from really getting in gear. But even uh, at the crux of it now, they still haven't found a way to just kind of just start playing consistent hockey. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen from now until the rest of the season. So I would look at Tampa Bay, maybe able to, this is definitely a spot where like to talk about with in-game wagering, uh, could find a better adjusted line if this goes scoreless early in the first period, which it often does with uh, a Dallas game. You know, usually you only see one goal maybe. Now if Tampa Bay, comes out with their A game and they score three goals and, you know, forget about it. You just, you know, have to maybe try to figure something else out or, or, or wait for another day. But uh, I think Tampa rolls in this game. All right. But just to lean overall for Alex, uh, but he thinks Tampa Bay's got a good chance to uh, win this game. Jimmy, what do you think here? Lightning taking on the stars. Well, I think great minds think alike there. It's a good segue to what I think, uh, Alex, because I, I see a scoreless first period for sure. Um, I, I almost like the under total, but I'm just going to go. I think this game starts off slow, and it's one of those games where maybe Tampa can open it up later and, and put it over at, at the end. We'll see. But uh, give me the under in the first period for this game. All right. Lightning Stars under one and a half first period for Jimmy Murphy in this one. And our final game of this Tuesday slate, Colorado Avalanche, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we've got Colorado laying a massive uh, price on the road here, minus 240. Uh, in that range here in this game, we've got a total of five and a half uh, shaded to the under. I actually played two bets on this game and I'll lead up to it in just a second, but here's my thought process. We're looking at a situation here where you've got Colorado rolling right now, playing great. And now their offense, you know, all those times were earlier a couple of weeks ago against, you know, Anaheim, LA, Zona, when they were generating 40, 50 shots, tons of high danger chances, the expected goals for, in those games for Colorado was through the roof, and yet they were barely getting to two, three goals. Well, now those are the, the dam is bursting, you know, essentially right now for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they are getting uh, those goal, uh, games to result uh, in goals now, those chances, those high amount of shots, and their defensive game has been outstanding, you know, at the other end of the ice. This is now becoming a team that is, it's now habit, it's ingrained in their DNA for this Colorado avalanche team with this terrific blue line to hold teams below 30 shots on goal. You know, it's pretty much happening every night. And there's a lot of games too, where the avalanche are holding teams to below 20 shots on goal. You talk about a team that has the complete game going at the same time. That's Colorado right now, offensively, defensively, and goaltending. Can the goaltending keep it up tonight? Because we know it was Philip Grubauer last night in the victory over Arizona in the first of the back-to-back. -back. Second of the back-to-back, -back, we might be seeing Jonas Johansson, newly acquired uh, from the Buffalo Sabres, make his Colorado Avalanche debut tonight. And the way I see this is it's going to go one of two ways. And I think both ways are going to be probably Colorado winning this game. 
because they look untouchable right now, and Arizona is just struggling mightily at this point in time. Either Colorado is going to win, you know, the, a lot of Colorado's wins, by the way, lately have been by two goals or more, and most of Arizona's losses lately have been by two goals or more. So uh, the puck line to me is in play here uh, with Colorado, minus one and a half at plus 115. But I'm also betting over five and a half because the way I see this is I think we've got a chance to win both of these. As much as the Colorado defense is playing well, I'm not, and they're going to do everything they can to help out Johansson if he's in net in his first start. They'll dig in. They'll play hard for him. But can Johansson make the saves he's supposed to make? There's still a question about that. This guy was rancid. This guy was terrible with the Buffalo Sabres. Was that a product of Buffalo and just a toxic organization and terrible defense? Or can he ratchet up his game and find something here in Colorado? Maybe, but I don't know that yet. We haven't seen him play yet for Colorado. So the way I see it is there's a chance Colorado could win a 3-0, 4-1 game like last night. But there's also a chance Johansson struggles, Arizona pots a couple, and Colorado can win 5-2, you know, or or 4 or 6-3 six, six, or something like that. And we get kind of like that high-scoring game they had with Anaheim the last time Grubauer didn't start, which was Hunter Miska's last start, and he was awful. Uh, in the first period of that game and gave up four goals. I think I can go 2-0 and with these two bets. That's what I'm hoping for, obviously, uh, making these two bets. But even if it goes 1-1 one and one and Colorado wins you know, by two or more in a 3-1, 4-1 type game and the under loses, it wouldn't shock me. But I think there's a chance that Arizona can contribute to the scoring tonight because I'm, you know, Johansson's a wild card. I know the defense of Colorado has been outstanding, airtight, and they're going to dig down defensively to play hard for this guy tonight if he's indeed starting for the Avalanche. But that doesn't mean I trust him to make the saves because we didn't see him ev- any evidence of him being able to do that uh, with the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, so for me, I like Colorado puck line here, minus 1.5, plus 115 to win this game by two or more. And I also like over here, 5.5. You can get that around even money. Uh, between the Avalanche and the Coyotes. I know it's tough to trust this Coyote offense, but their uh, desperation has to take over. And I think they realize they got to try to score the first goal uh, tonight. They can't fall behind Colorado again. And I think you'll see a more aggressive approach offensively as a result from the Coyotes. Just a question of can they finally bury some pucks? Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Colorado, Arizona. I retweeted a, a quote from John Vogel, who's the uh, writer for the Buffalo Sabres in, at the Atlantic. And, uh, and this is interesting. He says about Jonas Johansson getting traded. He says, I can say without hesitation that the Avs are getting the worst goalie I've seen during my 19 seasons covering the Sabres. He doesn't stop pucks in practice or games. So with that being said, uh, if he is starting for Colorado, then this is, yeah, this is something that is uh, definitely <laughs> – a, a green light to look at the over here. Uh, and like I said, Arizona could possibly be rolling with Aiden Hill, uh, who has not looked good this season as well. So I'm on the first period over, which is at even money and the full game over at even money. Uh, I think we're going to see goals go back and forth. And this is a Colorado offense that is just absolutely on fire right now uh, against anybody. But when you put them against the backup goalie, it seems like they easily get three, four, five goals uh, in a heartbeat. They might be taking care of this full game total by themselves. Uh, but like you said, a- Arizona should come out swinging hot early. Uh, and we've seen them go six and four the last 10 of the first period over in their games. Uh, and that's been playing against some slower teams as well. So uh, like I said, first period over and full game over. I think it's going to be a-, a fun one to watch. Not sure who's going to win it at the end, but I would lean more so toward Colorado. All right, first period over and full game over. And wow, that's maybe the worst goalie I've ever covered uh, from the uh, reporter there for the Buffalo News. That's Sansa. So basically, he is not in the camp of uh, Jonas Johansson believing that uh, 
uh, a, a change of scenery and a much better team and defense around him in Colorado uh, is going to make much of a difference. Uh, so what were we saying yesterday? Of- what? Huh? Remember about the backup yes. job and how they sort of swung a little bigger? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And well, obviously Joe Sackick didn't read the scouting report from one John Vogel uh, of the yeah. Buffalo News apparently before making this uh, move. Yeah. yeah, they're pennies on the dollar. We said it yesterday. It was just a cheap, you know, low, low cost move, trying to yeah. save some money, pinch some pennies. Uh, maybe they can turn him around, but uh, you hear that from a Buffalo scribe who's obviously been yeah. seeing, you know, up close and personal. You know, this guy for several games uh, with the Sabres this year say you can't stop pucks, you know, in a games or in practice. Yeah. That's that definitely something that gives yeah. you some concern when you hear something like that. To, but to we'll see tonight if he's in. Yeah. To Colorado's credit, Ian, too, I would say that, uh, you know, they can't talk to the Buffalo scouts because they fired them all before the year. Who needs scouts? Yep. <laughs> We're the Buffalo right. Sabres. We don't need scouts. Yeah. Did, yep. I don't know if you guys knew that, but they have yep. three – they're, the only three scouts are like the directors of each division, the director of pro scout, director of amateur, the director of Europe. That's it. And everything else is done through video. That's crazy. That's but, a, you know, that's Kip Pagula, man, wow. she, should be, yeah. she should be running a hockey team. Great <laughs> job there. Good job, Buffalo. I mean, <laughs> that it, is. it's pathetic. It really is. Uh, but I don't want to get on a rant about the Sabres here. Let's stick to this game, and I agree with Alex <laughs> completely. And, and you guys, this is ranting is fun, though. You got to admit, yeah, this is a hell of a uh, first period. I think we have waiting for us because I agree with you. I, I think Arizona. I mean, it, like we always say, guys, these teams that aren't that great, they still have pride. And some of these nights, they know they got to come out and show it. I see them doing that, but I also see Colorado countering with more offense. So give me the over in the first period there, and I'll also take. Uh, I'll do two on this game. Give me the team total over. Uh, for Colorado. All right. So Colorado, uh, Arizona over one and a half in the first period uh, for Jimmy, but also liking uh, the Colorado team total as well uh, in this one uh, over uh, in the uh, team total over three and a half as well in this one against uh, Arizona. So uh, good stuff. Uh, we break, I've gotten through all five games on this Tuesday NHL card reminder. We've got our uh, ice guys store uh, going up tomorrow on Wednesday uh, we're looking forward to that. You'll be able to check out the uh, uh, merchandise options uh, that are available to you. Uh, looking forward to unveiling that tomorrow. And also our live NHL betting show, our first of many, is going to come your way Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll be on the air. Uh, it'll be the first period of the Edmonton-Montreal uh, game, assuming they play uh, at that time. There's also Buffalo and Pittsburgh uh, going on at that time. So we will uh, go through uh, those two games for you on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, our first live betting show. Uh, we'll get more going in April and May uh, in terms of live betting shows uh, with the Ice Guys as well. Pick nights where there's a lot of a lot of games. Uh, we'll try to do it, like I say, on a Tuesday or Thursday or whatever night there's a lot of games on. We'll, we'll do that if we can uh, later in the season. Uh, uh, in terms of, yeah, uh, McKinnon anytime goal score at plus 120, Claudio is fine with me. Like I say, especially if, if you're getting plus 120 on him, there's just some guys like Matthews, McDavid, and McKinnon, the triple M. If you're getting them at plus 120 or better to score a goal, from a value standpoint and a price perspective, that's never a bad bet. Win or lose, that's never a bad bet from a value standpoint because you get you can see some nights where I've seen Austin Matthews, McKinnon, and McDavid, guys like that, they're plus 100, even minus 120 You know, in certain games to score a goal. So if you get plus 120, uh, I'm definitely not going to argue with uh, someone wanting to bet that. But, uh, yeah, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Ice Guys YouTube channel, the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you join us for our first Ice Guys NHL 
a live betting show. Uh, before we get to best bets, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. Uh, if you sign up with the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app, you'll get a deposit bonus, weekly specials and incentives in all kinds of various sports. We've got the tournament still uh, going into the Sweet 16. NHL, NBA daily. Baseball starts next month. Lots of reasons to sign up to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN. All right, it is time for best bets uh, for this uh, shorter Tuesday slate. Alex, we'll start with you. What have you got for best bet? Yeah, let's go with the Florida Panthers and regulation. You can get it even money or minus $1.05. Uh, I was able to grab it at even money. Uh, like I said, this is a Hawks team. I, you know, The fight that they had is, is pretty much kind of going to start slowing slowly to, to leave them, it seems like. And uh, Florida is just, just a much better opponent. Uh, we've seen them, you know, cash in the last two meetings uh, against them in Florida and now have to turn around after that road trip, uh, you know, try to get their bearings together. I don't I don't see it happening. I think Florida's offense way too superior. And Chris Drieger, we saw how well he played on uh, the time that he's gotten as well. I would have liked this even more if it was uh, Bobrovsky because he has good numbers against the Hawks. But either way, I think Florida wins. So they take care of business within 60 minutes. I'll go with Panthers regulation is my best bet. All right, Florida Panthers in regulation. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Jimmy, best bet. What do you got? I'm going to stay in that game too as well and make that uh, Jimmy Puck line there on the Florida Panthers as my best bet. All right, Florida Panthers Puck line minus a goal and a half uh, for Jimmy Murphy with his best bet at, at a solid plus price there in that one. And this is a this is a rarity, but again, with only five games on the card, this might happen every make now and the then. Hat come how many on. of us are on the same game for a best bet? <laughs> I'm on the over with Florida and Chicago. Florida, <laughs> Chicago, over six. There is some minus 120s and minus 125s on six out there still. It's moved to six and a half in some spots, so shop around. I got six. I bet it this morning. It was still six across the board, uh, so make sure shop around for the best price and the best line available with that. But my best bet is Florida, Chicago, over six, minus 120. Best bet for this Tuesday uh, NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap things up for today. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Remember, we have our regular Ice Guys show, 2 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, and then we're back with our live show, live betting, uh, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So uh, make sure you join us for that. Uh, uh, and a reminder, if you, I am too. That'll be a lot of fun. We'll have our beers in hand. Uh, we'll be throwing them back a little bit. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, and a reminder, uh, we're on seven days a week with the Ice Guys breaking down every single NHL game from a betting perspective, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live on YouTube, download the Ice Guys podcast uh, in audio form uh, on all major podcast providers. For Alex B. Smith, Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, 
and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real, long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet... The mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.